Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. So the governor came in with his uh, campaign promise to create a master plan for aging. It's that moment in our state's history. And in June, issued an executive order. He was very clear that it's about a California for all, all of us across the lifespan, looking at our health and our well-being, our services and supports, age-friendly communities, housing, transportation, park, and, and importantly, purpose and inclusion and making sure that as we age, we always have a full role in our communities and aren't isolated or discriminated and biased, experiencing bias. So we kicked off in August. We have a stakeholder committee of 34 stakeholders. We have a website called Together We Engage where people can catch up on the latest and also send us their input of what a master plan needs to have and are engaged. to another episode of Pop Health Podcast. This is Gavin Ward, co-host of Pop Health Podcast. In today's special episode, I recorded from what's known as the C4A Conference. C4A is an organization that advocates on behalf of California's area agencies on aging, which are funded through the state and federal programs. You'll hear from folks like the leader for the California Department of Aging, Kim McCoy-Wade, folks from Anthem, organizations that deal with Medicare fraud and advocates for seniors, as well as one company named Covia that discusses a home match program for seniors. We hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you do, feel free to leave a review on iTunes. Thanks, everyone. Enjoy the show. So Karen Kopik is our guest, and she is the director for Covia's Home Match Program. What is a home match program? So a home match program is a home sharing program where we help people who have extra room in their home or apartment connect with people looking for affordable housing. As you may know, most affordable housing complexes for older adults have 10-year waiting lists, or waiting lists can even be closed. Right. And if you're seeking housing, the average rent in, say, San Francisco is 3700 a month. Woo-hoo. So you'd have to work 55 hours a week just to pay the rent if you're yeah. on minimum wage. Yeah. So we really connect people that want to stay at home and age in place with people looking for affordable housing. Okay, cool. And then what is Covia? So Covia is a 50-year-old Bay Area-based nonprofit organization. We have life plan communities. We have um, HUD housing, affordable housing complexes for older adults. And I'm in the community services area, which is all about building human connections. Okay, and before we get into that, really quickly, what is a life plan community? A life plan community is a CCRC, so a continuum care retirement community. Okay, great. And that's usually uh, for um, uh, out-of-pocket cost, private pay, right? Private pay. So that's market rate. Then we have below market rate. And our community services are about aging in place. Okay. So let's talk about uh, your home match program. Sure. Uh, Can you share a little bit about how people get plugged in, either on the renter side or the, what would you call the other side? The home provider. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about this. Yeah. Just expand, please. Sure. Sure. So we do immense outreach in order to to um, our typical home provider is a 73-year-old female who lives alone, who's quite isolated. So we go to churches, we talk to senior centers, to all different groups in which that person would, would engage in order to find them. Okay. Um, secondly, from the home seeker side, we use a combination of online tools, you know, Facebook groups, different groups where people are, as well as, again, when we go to talk to senior centers, we say, don't forget about your staff, because social workers, caseworkers, many folks really struggle to afford to live in the communities where they they provide service right now that makes sense so let's say i'm a 73 year old female 
and I own my own home. Um, let's say my spouse or partner passed away or I'm just single and um, I'm on social security and paid off my house. Shoot, these taxes? Woo, I can't afford these taxes. That's a good reason to participate, right? Because yeah, there's three main reasons. Okay. The first is extra income. So property taxes, home maintenance on older homes, because you probably live there a long time, and just all of the other costs surrounding you are going up and you're on a fixed income. Secondly, some people are frankly lonely. You yeah. live alone, you're missing your partner. And so having another person in the home, one keeps you cognitively um, you know, saying you're, you're engaging with people. And then lastly is you may need a little bit extra help in the house. So maybe someone to take out the garbage, eat your meals on wheels. So those are the three main reasons why people want somebody to live with them. Okay, very good. And how can people get plugged into your organization, Karen? Yeah, they can, um, you can look for us at covia.org and all of our services are there. Okay. Um, so Sorry for the tape, folks. We're, uh, we're at a uh, conference in a hallway at our booth, so uh, you might hear some background noise. Yeah, so <laughs> covia.org is the best place to find all about all of our different programs and services. Okay, awesome. And covia is spelled? C-O-V, as in Victor, I-A dot O-R-G. Very good. Well, hey, Karen, thanks so much for being our guest and stopping by. I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you very much. You're welcome. All right, folks, I'm pleased to have Daryl Kelch, who's the executive director of C4A. Daryl, what is C4A? Well, it's an acronym for California Association of Area Agencies on Aging. Okay. So C4A is a lot easier to say. (laughs) Yes, very good. And uh, how does C4A support these area agencies on aging? Well, we're the statewide association that uh, represents the area agencies at the legislature and with the various government agencies and departments. Okay. Now, our audience may have heard of area agencies on aging, but may not know too much about them. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about these area agencies on aging? Well, area agencies on aging were created by federal law uh, back in the 70s, and the purpose of area agencies is to provide uh, services uh, at for older people 60 plus. Okay, and is that for um, for folks 60 plus throughout California? Yes, yes, all regardless of income or there's no means testing to get services uh, through the area agencies on aging. Okay, great. And you've been plugged in for how long here? For 20 years. Okay, awesome. And what inspired you to get into the aging industry? It was just by happen chance. I've been in the area of public policy for long-term care services for close to 40 years. And area agencies on aging, or C4A specifically, uh, finally decided to have staff and an executive director. And they sought me out, and I thought it'd be fun. Awesome. And where are you guys based? Sacramento. Okay, that makes perfect sense. So if I am a case manager at a hospital or I am a social worker um, working with uh, a resident in a city, um, how can I leverage AAAs? How do I connect with AAAs? Well, they definitely should connect with their local AAA um, and just reach out to them and and make that contact. I, I would be... Uh, surprised if the AAA hasn't tried to reach out and connect with them. Definitely. I mean, you know, it, it really it really helps to 
to provide the total services for older people who are needing care. Okay, and what are some of the more popular services that are utilized uh, through AAAs? Probably the most well-known is, is the Meals on Wheels program. So that's the primary uh, known service that AAAs do. Uh, Home-delivered meals, congregate sites, they provide meals. But uh, tr area agencies do much more than just meals. They do some case management, medication, uh, medication management, care coordination. Uh, the other big service uh, area agencies uh, do is the information and assistance or information referral. They so get they get the phone calls from people who have older parents or loved ones, and they're needing to know what's in the in the community okay. that's available for them. Awesome. Now. If I'm a resident of California, are these AAAs always called an area agency on aging, or do they go by yes. different names? Well, the, no, they're they're known as area agencies on aging. Okay, they may be connected with a county, uh, and maybe have, you know, a different organizational kind of name, but no, they're all known as area agencies on aging. Okay, very good. Well, folks, Daryl Kelch has been our guest. He and his organization, uh, C4A. Uh, how can folks uh, learn more about C4A? Go on our website. Okay, and that website so is? C4A.net. Okay. Okay. Very good. Sure. Well, thank you, Daryl, for stopping by. Thanks for having us here. Uh, we are recording from Glendale, California. There's folks from throughout the state. And uh, today is the end of your conference. What are some of the highlights, would you say, of the conference, Daryl? Well, good question. I, I, I think the biggest advantage of the conference is people networking, getting to know each other, building those relationships. Obviously, we have you know, a number of workshops here. We, in fact, we have 24 workshops oh, wow. over these three days. And so, yeah, people get to learn, but also get to network and, and develop relationships. Awesome, Daryl. Well, hey, thanks again uh, for stopping by. And the folks, again, if you want to learn more about C4A, go to c4a.net. Okay. Yes. Great. Okay. Thanks so much, Daryl. <laughs> Bye. Hi, folks. I have Christian Bernard with us. She is the Senior Nutrition Program Coordinator from Kern County Aging and Adult Services. Thanks for joining the show, Christian. Hi. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, Christian and I were talking about the food deserts that much of our country has to deal with. And uh, I wanted to ask you, Christian, tell us about the food desert in Kern County, which is kind of like central California. Yeah, so we deal with this um, in a couple different areas. Um, obviously low poverty areas in Bakersfield where we only have mini marts and we don't have a lot of supermarkets that are accessible. Also in the mountain communities, um, we have a lot of homes and communities along the Lake Isabella Valley and in the Tehachapi Mountains where they don't have um, actual grocery stores nearby so they have to travel some distance to get to a grocery store. They only have mini marts. Yeah, you were saying um, uh, California City is a great example. Yeah, so um, in the deserts, California City would probably be my best example because California City only has um, like tiny mini marts nearby. Their closest grocery store is in Mojave so they would have to travel about 20 minutes by freeway 
away and have a car accessible to them to actually go to a grocery store. Yeah, and that's 20 minutes and 20 miles, right? Mm -hmm. Like it's not just a time 20 minutes, but actually a good distance as well. Um, You were mentioning there's a guy who like has no access to food and what does he do? He pays a um, he pays a vendor at a mini mart uh, to make him burritos. He'll pay him ten dollars a day for a burrito, and he'll drive it to the senior um, out in his his um, trailer park or not even trailer park, but his like mobile home. Wow! So I know you guys run the Meals on Wheels for the county, right? One thing that's pretty amazing is you guys have no frozen meals like many other counties do. Yeah. Right. You make your old all your meals there in Kern County. Um, are you able to reach everybody in Kern County or are there situations where people have chosen to kind of live far away where you can't necessarily get to everybody? Yeah, definitely. Um, we are only able to provide where um, like certain areas, certain cities that have enough of a population where we're able to actually give this service. But there we've had to there are like um, what's a like Lost Hills, for instance, okay. um, where we can't provide services because it's so far out and there's not enough seniors that have the need. And if we don't have the numbers, then we can't justify actually providing services there because our kitchens are, since we still cook these meals and, you know, we're confined by um, CDA rules for delivery time services, the fresh meals, we have to serve within a certain time frame. So we can't reach the, the communities that are really far out. Lost Hills is a perfect example. And that also includes any seniors that live still out in like farmland or rural, rural, rural parts of the county. Okay. Now going back to the meals you mentioned there's no frozen meals how has your county been able to pull that off where as other counties may not so we're really fortunate because um we get our funding like everybody else through like cda dollars and also state dollars and what is um, cda for our california audience? department of aging thank you and then also um money through the older americans aquature federal dollars but our board of supervisors has been very supportive of this program so they kick in quite a bit of money to help um actually provide like the funds to sustain our program Okay, cool. And really quickly, your background, Christian, how did you get plugged into your current role or serving the elderly, if you mind me asking? Um, so I was working with the county before at Public Health, okay. and this position opened up, and I just applied to it. Okay. So <laughs> growing really up, it. going to school, were you thinking, I want to be in healthcare or public health? Or? Yeah, absolutely not. I did my undergrad at Davis, and I majored in political science. So I knew I wanted to work for government, okay. but I just didn't necessarily know in what capacity, and then just... I guess by luck I've I've landed here, so it's been it's a really good experience. Awesome, Christian. Well, hey, thanks for joining the show again, folks. We've had Christian Bernard, the Senior Nutrition Program Coordinator with Kern County Aging and Adult Services. Thanks for coming by. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Pop Health Podcast is a public service of 24-hour home care. All right, folks, it's my privilege to be sitting down with Kim McCoy Wade, who is the acting director for the California Department of Aging. Now, Kim, what does acting director mean? Oh, sure. Uh, this is a new administration, Governor Gavin Newsom, and he is in process of making appointments, so I am acting, and the appointment process is pending. Okay, great. And tell us very briefly, what is the California Department of Aging in a nutshell? Wonderful. We are the state department that is uh, charged with well-being and quality and care for older Californians and their, and their caregivers and their families, so really all of us as we age across our lifespan. Okay, awesome. And I know you came... Uh, uh, from another 
government role yes. running the CalFresh program. Yes. Can you briefly touch on what is CalFresh? Who sure. does it affect? Sure. So CalFresh is our nation's largest poverty and hunger program. Some people may know it by its very old name, Food Stamps, or SNAP is its national name. And in California, for 40 years, we had been running a wonderful program, but it had not fully reached older adults and people with disabilities. So while I was there, uh, in partnership with our counties and our food banks and our other stakeholders, we were able to, and the legislature, of course, we were able to expand CalFresh food benefits to older adults, and we've seen an incredible uh, enrollment uh, beginning in June of 20, uh, this past summer, which of course is so significant for meeting their basic needs, uh, health care, food, uh, and even connection. Food's such an important part of that uh, quality of life as we age. Definitely. Um, I had the privilege of hearing uh, Bernard Tyson oh, speak my just a few weeks ago. Folks, oh we're recording this very shortly after uh, Bernard Tyson unfortunately passed. And in his talk, he mentioned how Kaiser Permanente has been able to be a bridge to some more food security, leveraging the CalFresh program. So very quickly, uh, can you tell us how healthcare professionals are able to link people to CalFresh? How does that process work typically? Yes, we are so uh, saddened by Dr. Tyson's passing, but are so uh, grateful for his legacy and his leadership that will live on uh, for sure. And this is just one example, this partnership. Uh, more and more health providers realize that uh, all patients, but including older adults, having their nutrition helps keep them out of that hospital, helps them recover. And so we're really happy with the partnership we did with Code for America. We built a really user-friendly app called Get CalFresh. So more and more health professionals, uh, adult children, uh, and again, older adults who are comfortable online can begin signing up for CalFresh with Get CalFresh on their phone, on their website in about 10 minutes finish the process over the phone and get that EBT card in the mail. So he has been, he and the Cole Kaiser team have been instrumental in saying, gee, how do we do that as part of discharge planning, right? Are you going to a home? Are there steps? Do you have the food you need? Who's cooking that? Uh, and if you do, ha if you have a food need, we can more quickly get anyone connected to Cal get CalFresh, CalFresh through Get CalFresh. Great. All right. Now, so you made the transition. What was the inspiration to go from leading CalFresh to coming over to the Department of Aging? Ah, oh, the tremendous opportunity and challenge that our governor has laid out to make sure we are an age-friendly state. Uh, we have, as I'm sure most of your listeners know, uh, an incredibly increasing number of older Californians. We will have more older Californians and younger Californians in coming years. And with that is incredible opportunity, but also challenge. Um, this will be a community that is more diverse than previous generations with different cultural and linguistic needs. This is a community that will have experienced years of income inequality and facing the uh, housing crisis as they're aging. So we have some challenges. We have increasing levels of dementia. So how are we ready? Is our healthcare system ready? Do we have the geriatric training, the geriatric facilities, the direct care? workforce yeah uh, how are we ready <laughs> yes and a big part of that is creating a master plan that you are uh, yes. well into yes tell us about who is involved in the master plan and kind of where you guys are today with that thank you for that invitation so the governor came in with his uh, campaign promise to create a master plan for aging it's that moment in our state's history and in June issued an executive order he was very clear that it's about a California for all all of us across the lifespan looking at our health and our well-being our services and supports age-friendly communities, housing, transportation, park, and, and importantly, purpose and inclusion and making sure that as we age, we always have a full role in our communities and aren't isolated or discriminated and biased, experiencing bias. So we kicked off in August. We have a stakeholder committee of 34 stakeholders. We have a website called Together We Engage where people can 
catch up on the latest and also send us their input of what a master plan needs to have at, at our engage inbox and we are working to improve our website so we can improve our together we engage with uh, so many across the state and then I'm thrilled to be here today at this community forum hearing from residents of Los Angeles and across the state about priorities for the master plan so lots of ways to engage that's great I know there's you mentioned 34 uh, folks are helping lead that charge who are some of the names that the general population may be familiar with that are on that uh... you know I don't know if the general population will know the celebrities of the aging world like I do but they will <laughs> certainly know the sectors we have a doctor from Sutter Healthcare okay we have a leader of the Behavioral Health Association we have a leader from the Independent Living Center movement which serves uh, people with disabilities yeah uh, we have representative adult daycare we have representatives of uh, ombuds people who okay. work in nursing home facilities we have a representative of the um, nursing home association okay uh, so we have that kind of diverse sector we have also advocates for um, low-income uh, older Californians and we did our very level best to pick folks from around the state so we have representatives from my town of Oakland here in Los Angeles Humboldt County uh, making sure we're trying to get as diverse voices in place in age yeah. uh, in race uh, family status, gender identity, all the ways that aging is going to reflect the diversity of California. Very good. And where does the funding come from all of this? That is a terrific question. So the master plan process is is being funded by our department's government operation, oh the, the meetings and the website, those kinds of things. But then the plan itself is really laying out a roadmap. It's coming out in October 2020, so okay. 10 months. And it's both a state plan and a local blueprint. And it will have roles for all of us. It's not just a what state government going to do. It's about partnerships. And then that blueprint will really be about what do we prioritize? Where do we prioritize for policies? What do we prioritize for budget? So some will be um, easier, shorter term lifts. Some will be longer term lifts. But the most recent conversation we just had was a very exciting, far reaching one about how do we pay for long term care? Medicaid covers it. Medicare doesn't. If you're very wealthy, maybe you can absorb it out of pocket. And I think uh, some of your listeners may know Washington State passed the first ever long-term care benefit this summer. So yes. we're taking a good look at that in California. And I believe the stakeholders are very eager to get the actuarial study on that and see if that's a recommendation that can go forward. Yes. No, that was I do remember hearing about Washington State. And then going back to the funding, uh, what I should have clarified is I think a lot of folks don't know about the Older Americans Act. Oh, sure. And so can you talk briefly about how you receive federal funding here in the state of California to fund your department and the many AAAs or like organizations throughout so, the state? So, you know, this is a great question because there are really um, two or three, depending on how you count, uh, sources of funding. So Older Americans Act, of course, from 1965 are the core foundation of programs that are really aimed at older Americans of all income levels uh, to provide everything from care coordination, legal services, Meals on Wheels, all kinds of just essential supports to living a high quality life. Uh, however, increasingly, as older Americans become larger part of our country and our state and our communities, uh, other sources of funding are increasingly, I think, actually also going for older Americans. So the obvious one is Medicaid yes. and healthcare funding. Um, but of course, that's also true with food, yeah, nutrition funding like CalFresh. And so I think part of what we're doing is not just identifying senior specific, if you will, to use outdated language funding, but also looking how new housing that's being built is that uh, cognizant of the changing demographic and allowing for enough affordable and accessible housing for older folks. Transportation. Are we really investing in, are we acknowledging 
thinking how many folks will not be driving and still have mobility needs and building public transportation to reflect that new demographic. So I think we're both leveraging existing money, looking at new money, and then some of these creative solutions like our neighbors to the north, Washington State, have found with payroll are all things on the table. Awesome. Well, very good. Really appreciate you, Kim, stopping by the oh, show. I know you, you're Gavin. about to fly out or drive out. Fly out. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so really appreciate you stopping by. Lastly, how can people stay uh, up to speed with your department? Yes, well, we are very happy with um, our new and improved uh, aging um, Department of Aging website, but, but the best thing to do is really use your search engine of choice and uh, look for Master Plan for Aging. The Master Plan for Aging will have all the updates, and I promise upgrades are coming. And if nothing else, the email there, the engage email, engage at aging.ca.gov. You can always reach us with your ideas or your uh, needs, and we're happy to respond. Very good, Kim. Excuse me. Yes. Uh, Kim McCoy-Wade has been our guest. Thanks so much for stopping by, Kim. Thanks, Gavin. You're welcome. We have Lisa Nickel here with Anthem Blue Cross. Lisa is in the special programs yes, department yes. of Anthem here in California, and right. she's a nurse case manager. Tell us a little bit about your role at Anthem, Lisa. All right. Thanks so much, Gavin, for um, inviting me to, to join you. I am a nurse case management liaison, so I work for a department called Special Programs, which is really a unique and um, team of individuals who um, work on projects related to home um, health homes. That's a state-funded program. Um, whole person care, another similar program, but um, that one's run through the county. Um, health homes is run through the health plans. Um, pediatric and adult palliative care, recuperative care, medical meals. We have a full-time housing specialist in our team, and a few other things that are um, in the works. We yeah. also do a lot of work to, um, doing um, focused on social determinants of health and specifically um, folks experiencing homelessness or who are at risk for homelessness. That is uh, a lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> that is a lot to manage. And you're dealing with a population that is uh, can be challenging to serve at times. For sure. So are you based, so we're recording today in Glendale, California, right outside Los Angeles. Are yes. you based down here or are you up north? Uh, good question. You know, Anthem is nationwide. Uh, my team, um, the requirements is that if you work on local initiatives, because we're working in L.A., and a lot of our Northern California counties, um, the team members need to be in, living in California. I live in Glen, um, next door in Pasadena, and I work remote. Okay. So most people in our team work remote. So we're, we're around California. Okay, awesome. And may I ask, how many Medi-Cal members does Anthem have, or is that? Good question. Yeah. Um, last count, my personal count, <laughs> uh, was about 1.1 million Medi-Cal members. We cover 29 wow. counties in California. Oh my goodness. You guys are doing quite a bit. And uh, Anthem is a sponsor of today's conference. Yes. And are you going to be exhibiting? Are you going to be attending the sessions? What are you doing today? I hope to attend these great sessions. I'm really interested in, in um, um, the focus, you know, aging. As I get older myself, I'm hoping for better things, you know, you know, 10 or 20 years down the road. And I'm just wanting to meet people and learn what, what's going on, what's new in, in the world of aging and healthcare. Okay, awesome. Well, Lisa Nickel has been our guest, uh, and she's an attendee and a sponsor of today's conference. Thanks so much for stopping by and being on the show today, Lisa. Thank you so much, Gavin. You're welcome. So I have Mickey Nozaki, who is the director of California Senior Medicare Patrol here with me. And she's actually going to be speaking later at the conference. And I'd like to get into your expertise and what you'll be speaking on. But before doing that, Mickey, can you tell us a little bit about what is California Senior Medicare Patrol? Sure. Okay. Thank you, Gavin. So based in 1965, when Medicare was established, 
The criminal scammers have been taking money from Medicare trust funds to the tune of 60 to 90 billion dollars a year. Pretty incredible how yes. much money they're stealing and they're still stealing it from today. So the California Senior Medicare Patrol was established back in 1997 from grants through the Department of Health and Human Services specifically to educate throughout the state about Medicare and Medi-Cal and how these fraudsters and scammers are taking money from poor vulnerable beneficiaries and tricking people into becoming victims of the fraud. Can you give us a common example of how fraud is occurring? I can give you so many examples. <laughs> so, for example, one of the biggest scams going on across the country today is using a legitimate Medicare benefit like genetic testing and cancer screening. So the fraudsters and the scammers will come up to, let's say, an older person who's on Medicare and say, Medicare provides this expensive genetic testing. It can tell you if you are prone to cancer or if your medications are contraindicated. And all we need from you is your Medicare number and you do a very simple cheek swab. And we can give you the results of that cheek swab, all covered by Medicare, no money out of your pocket. And what they're doing is they're getting the Medicare number, billing Medicare for all these expensive tests, which are medically unnecessary and not prescribed by the individual's doctor. That's Medicare fraud. And it happens with durable medical equipment, genetic testing, back braces, hospice scams. I mean, it, it just runs the gamut. Yeah, my day job is in home care and a lot of home health fraud I'm definitely aware of. So I didn't realize it's touching so many different parts of healthcare. Absolutely. So, so when you present today here at the conference, is that kind of your subject matter that you'll be discussing with the group? Exactly. And okay. what my presentation is called is a call to action because here at C4A are the senior advocates, the people that touch the older adults and people with disabilities every day, all day. And I want to partner with all of these people so that once they understand how serious the issues are, not only impacting our pocketbooks, but impacting people's health and welfare, they can then transmit that information to the end user, the beneficiary, who hopefully will then not be defrauded. Yeah, absolutely. And how can people learn more about California's Senior Medicare Patrol? They can go to our website, CaliforniaHealthAdvocates.org. We're a 501c3. We get grants from the government, all of our education, our webinars, our presentations, all of our materials, which by the way are published in 10 different languages, wow. are all covered by our grant, so no charge to anybody ever. Wow, are you 100% grant funded or do you yes. accept donations as well? Or? 100%. California Health Advocates, however, our 501c3 does accept private donations. Great. Well, Mickey Nozaki um, has been our guest today. Best wishes on your presentation. Thanks so much for serving our seniors and preventing fraud. And again, folks, if you want to learn more about Mickey's work, that website one more time. C-A-Health Advocates dot org.
And this information is free. Absolutely. There's no catch. Thank you very much, Mickey. Appreciate it. Thanks, Gavin. You're welcome. So, Tatiana, can you introduce yourself sure. just because I can't get you <laughs> It's Tatiana Fasio. Thank you, Tatiana. So, Tatiana is actually a training and education specialist with California Health Advocates. And she's actually speaking here in just a few minutes. And we were talking about a very interesting subject off the air about open enrollment and how, as we record today, uh, it's in November, and that's open enrollment. Yes, we are. There's actually a window of time beyond open enrollment where people have the opportunity to potentially change plans. Change Is that correct? plans, correct. So in areas where there are Medicare Advantage plans, if um, a an, an Medicare beneficiary is in a Medicare uh, health plan in 2019 and, makes a deci- and decides not to make any changes, all right, then they go to the doctor in January or February and they discover that their provider is not in that plan any longer. What does that person do? Well, they have another opportunity between January and March 31st to change their coverage, either to go back to or original Medicare and get a Medicare supplement and a prescription plan or select another Medicare Advantage plan that their provider perhaps is in the network. Very interesting. I've been in healthcare for almost 20 years and never caught on to that. Is that relatively new or has that been around for a while? No, 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 no. This administ- the current administration reintroduced the medic. It's called the Medicare Advantage Open Enrollment Period. Okay. Uh, it used to be called the Medicare Advantage Disenrollment Period, and it changed in 2019. So in 2020, uh, it continues, and it's called Medicare Advantage Open Enrollment. Very good. Now, you also mentioned something earlier. If they go back to straight Medicare, so if someone's on a Medicare Advantage plan, they go back to Medicare, you also mentioned then they can choose a supplement, which is not required, but they can choose it. And then the prescription plan, which I think a lot of people don't think of because a lot of Medicare Advantage plans already cover prescriptions and there's not an additional plan they need. But if you have straight Medicare, tell us about that. Absolutely. So when a person goes back to original Medicare, they obviously will be subject to the hospital deductible, to the medical deductible, and then they have to find a prescription plan because let's say that they were enrolled in Kai or another plan and then they decided that no I want to go back to original Medicare because there are two major differences between original Medicare and Medicare Advantage plan with a Medicare Advantage plan you are limited by geography by providers by the uh, pharmacy network and so forth when a person goes back to original Medicare then they have basically the freedom to go anywhere in the United States but the Medicare supplement is a supplement and again, there are various supplementary policies that a person can get. However, there are certain conditions in which they can get that Medicare supplement without underwriting. And many people don't realize that. But if they do pass underwriting or there are several other conditions in which they can get a Medicare supplement without underwriting, uh, they need that prescription plan. Now, next year, there will be 32 plans to choose from. 32 prescription plans. 32 prescription plans. And depending on the geography where you live, the Medicare Advantage plan varies between two in the county to over 100. So that's one of the big differences. But those 32 plans offer 
different uh, formularies, different pharmacy networks, which is similar to what they experience in a Medicare Advantage plan. Very good, Tatiana. Well, that's great education. I've been in the industry for a long time, and I didn't know all of that. Sometimes I think, oh, I'm pretty educated. (laughs) Uh, But no. Uh, Thank you very much, Tatiana. Now, Tatiana, if people want to learn more about California Health Advocates, um, how do they uh, find out more about you guys? Well, online we have a website, and that's cahealthadvocates.org. Very good. And uh, so if you want your organization to basically know all this information, Tatiana um, and her organization is available to train your teams. Yes, yes. We do trainings uh, around the state. We can be invited by medical groups or health clinics because often, for example, the health clinics that specialize in medical only, they have patients that ter- that become eligible for Medicare. Right. So they need to learn a little bit about Medicare and often the, the, the front office staff or even the 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 professionals within the clinic don't know much about Medicare so that's what I also do is educate very good Tatiana can you say that website one more time for us it's cahealthadvocates.org very good thanks for stopping by and best wishes thank you very much you're welcome